Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. And we get the back view of him, and I mean, it's just a mega. 52 yards is a long shot. Uh, Magnum P.I., so yeah. we named him. No idea. Just but, a magnum. Yeah, just a magnum. Come on, Cam Ashi. We, we said probably 150, mid 150. Yeah. Same Doe from the morning come out with that nine pointer. Here, here steps out this 90 inch eight pointer. Like, <laughs> yeah. Ah. I'm like, okay, well, there's still a buck back there grunting. Yeah. And then out steps like another 90 inch eight yeah. pointer. I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> I'm like deer right there. Yeah, like, and he's 30 already yards. thirty yards. Yeah, he he was literally five yards from the base of the tree. Could have been had a buck down at one forty in the afternoon, back there deep on public. Three does come out pretty early. It was like 245, 24 yard shot. Sent the combat veteran, and I tell you what, man, dude, it just smoked. We always get so jacked up when the other person kills. It's just almost like we got it done. Yeah. And when you kill that doe, I was like, hell yeah, man. And we come down here to Missouri. My ass Comey one more time. I'm like, is it a good buck? And he goes, yeah, real good, solid buck. I'm like, all right, boom. <laughs> and the deer just drops. Sure. Super special to me. Whitetail Legacy Podcast, bringing you back to the hunt and leaving a legacy. Baller rut. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast, still on the air, coming at you with an absolute banger. We got a legend episode coming at you, public, trad bow, a little bit of suburban action. <laughs> I don't know what else you guys want. We got it all in this episode. This Sounds is, like a heater. This is an epic episode. We got Logan Glassburn on. I'd like to just hang out with this guy on a Friday night. Super solid dude. Um, really knows how to find some public land bucks. Um no trail cams, just going in there, raw dogging and killing I like it. giants. I like it. All right, let's get into the people that make this possible. Then we'll get into the content because, like I said, this is a heater. Let's start off with the VIP 
Broadhead. Um, if you guys didn't know, they are slaying the pigs like a mug with the veteran and the combat veteran. That's something that we cannot do here in Illinois. Um, one day, when we make our millions off this podcast, <laughs> we're going to drive down to Texas and just murder some pigs. Um, until then, we're going to look at pictures on Facebook of other people doing <laughs> Do you have the VIP shout-out? Yeah, this week's shout-out is Jeff Teeterman. Jeff served in the U.S. Navy for six years. Says he would like to leave his VIP shout-out as that, which we will respectfully do. Um, but Jeff also says that he is honored to be a uh, VIP shout-out on a podcast. So, uh, nice, man. Jeff, we are glad to do that for you, as you did way more than that for us. And uh, everybody here at Whitetail Legacy and the VIP family, thanks you, sir. Just a little tip. The air conditioner is running this whole episode. So if you guys <laughs> hear the in the background, it's because it's 90 degrees in here, and we got three guys, a lot of beards besides homie, and it gets, <laughs> yep. gets warm in here. Uh, let's get into ECW calls. All your custom call needs, Embry Custom Woodworking. Um, if you want to hunt teal, you want to hunt goose, you want to hunt bucks, turkeys, he's got you. Check them out. Um, Exodus Trail Cams. You have the Exodus Trail Cam tip of the week. Yeah. Um, as we have found out in a previous podcast, we are going to give the industrial batteries from Energizer a run for their money. Um, in this early season, at least, uh, we can get a 144-pack, I believe, for $77 shipped to us. And um, they are good up to negative 18 degrees. So uh, no worries if it does get cold on us before we get them switched out. But we are going to give them a run for their money and uh, give them a shot to kind of save some jingle on the lithiums. Yeah, legend episode, a triple drop time monster up there in <laughs> Saskatchewan. This guy's running these industrial. He's running an outfit business up there. He's running these industrial batteries. Gave us a really good word on them. We told you guys that we were going to run them. We're making our word true here. We're going to run them. We're going to let you guys know how they do. Um, we're buying 144 of them. So <laughs> hopefully they're rock solid, right? <laughs> but uh, um, we'll let you guys know. Um, next Level. Um, what you got for Next Level this week? Next Level is now introducing new seamless national shipping. Um, they have got all their issues worked out, and they are now shipping... Around the country, seamlessly. Into Canada. Into Canada. Yeah. Uh, slip that in there. So, um, you know, guys, I mean, they were shipping before, but now it's just seamless. You guys won't even know any difference. Going to show up right at your door whenever you order it. And um, you guys can check that out at nextleveldeer.com. No E in the next. And this is something that seems simple, but this is something they've been working on for a really long time. Yes. So shout out to Next Level, Nate and Scott. I know you guys have been struggling on this for a while, and uh, props to you for getting it together. Um, you guys are doing big things. We say that a lot, but you guys are really doing big things. And a huge shout out for supporting the podcast. You guys have been super solid friends, and hopefully we can go kill some of Scott's turkeys next year. <laughs> <laughs> on Nate's dime. Yeah, on Nate's dime. Um, Ingram's Outdoor Obsession, all your taxidermy needs from ducks to deer to turkeys, he's got you covered. All my local guys, check him out. Um, not only a good taxidermist, but a good friend, solid dude. He just went and hit up Nick's one of Nick's food plots for him. Always doing a, a little extra step, and uh, just just a good dude, man. All right, um, that's it, man. Um, make sure to check out Attaboy's Archery. Um, this is where uh, Logan Glassburn works here. Um, he's a bow tech there, so if you're around the area in Ohio there, um, I would love to get my bow worked on by this guy. Yeah. 
and uh, check out the Push Archery. He said that they have a film out of his reaction to this. Hopefully, he <laughs> sends me a link. Um, he did kill a absolute giant. What was it, 197? Yeah. 197, and then that's the second buck in this. So this no, is a sorry. double buck. The, the, Public the land back-to-back. So, all right, here we go. Let's get in the content. All right, we got Logan Glassburn on. We're going to talk a little trad bow, public land, suburban <laughs> legend hunt. <laughs> we got a lot going on in this. Yeah, one, right. We're going to cover two bucks in this legendary series right here. Um, back to back, public land giants with a trad bow. Um, Logan, we appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, I've seen your your picks, man. They're hard to they're hard to ignore. And like I said, you had said you were listening to the episode, so. It was easier to get you on then. You kind of knew our style and what we had going on, but uh, we yeah. kind of got the pregame, and uh, this is going to be a really good episode, guys. There's a there's a, some really good, really good story here, and uh, a lot of a lot of excitement. So go ahead and introduce yourself to the listeners a little bit. All right, and as uh, as he said, my name is Logan Glassburn uh, from Central Ohio. Um, I work full time in an archery shop as a bow tech, so. That makes it nice. I can uh, do what I love for a living, pretty much. So, uh, get to try out all the new stuff. Even if I do shoot traditional stuff most of the time, I still shoot compound stuff, and uh, I compete a little bit in some archery stuff. So, yeah, married, couple kids, just got a new puppy tonight, so that should be interesting. Busy times, yeah, oh, boy. kids <laughs> yeah, and dogs, yeah, a, t- a two-month-old daughter and a new puppy. So nice. You'd be solved yep. about the first year, and then you'd be like, man, a dog or a kid's got to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. And saying, then I'll, my son, he's four. He'll be five in September. So Nice. Yeah, you're a busy yeah. man, yeah. Sounds Staying like busy. a lot of stuff going on. You're friends with Byron, huh? Uh, Yeah, I know Byron. Yeah, uh, we he, love Byron, He's coming to the shop some, and uh, he was talking about getting me on the podcast, but you guys beat me to it. Yeah, I'm so. glad we beat him to it. That's pretty oh, awesome. Man. Yeah, so... Yeah, we we like Byron a lot. He's a good solid too. We, we talked beat to Byron him. at one thing. Yeah, one thing. Yeah, we talked to him like every other day. It seems yeah, like for we sure. got some messages going along. So we really, really look up to him. He's doing some good stuff and just a solid dude. So oh yeah, I messaged him just the other day. I'm like, hey man, when do you think those uh, those new loan wolves are going to be out so I can have money ready? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, uh, sometime sometime in June, I think. I don't know exactly. He's got the inside scoop for yeah, sure. He does have the scoop on that. <laughs> oh, I know. That's why I was trying to weasel my way into a new stand and have money ready. <laughs> for sure. All right, man. Well, uh, like I said, we're going to talk a couple different bucks, back-to-back public land legends here. Um, go ahead and start off with everyone you want. Um, come, go ahead and give a description of the buck before you start the story and then get into the story. Okay. We'll start out with uh, the, the one I killed. Uh, I think it was like 2000. 15 or 16 i can't remember um he is um really tall uh tight he's only maybe i think 15 and some change inside uh main beams wrap around real real far um you know i can only fit maybe two three fingers in between the ends of the main beams um he's got a big split g2 on the one side and a kicker off the other um big brows like eight nine inch brows just a really, really cool deer. Um, he might be my favorite buck just because of how unique his rack is. Um, huge body. Um, 
I think he field dressed out in like around 235. Um, just a real big body deer. Um, took forever to get out out of the woods. But um, yeah, so that buck um, kind of all started. I didn't have really much history with him except for, you know, I ended up seeing him about a week and a half before I killed him. And I, I wasn't even hunting. I was, uh, a buddy and I were bow fishing in November just because it was so warm. Deer weren't moving. We're like, oh, forget it. We're not, you know, we're not going to hunt in the morning. It's super hot. Um, let's, let's go bow fishing. And, uh, did really good that night bow fishing. It was awesome. But, you know, we're back in this cove. Um, this was back before we ran a generator on the boat. So, uh, we just had a bunch of batteries in there running our lights. So it was nice and quiet back in this cove, you know, probably like 11 o'clock at night. And, uh, I could hear a deer walk on the other side of this cove troll over there. And here's this buck, maybe 30, 40 yards off the bank, just standing there looking at us. And he had no care in the world. I, he's just out cruising, looking for does. Um, it was probably November 6th, maybe when we were out there. Um, and you know, he didn't spook. He just, he just put his nose back on the ground, started walking. Didn't even care. We were there. And, uh, me and my buddy are like, Hey, I, you know, I think we can hunt this. Uh, so, you know, we start looking some stuff up right there on the boat. We, we didn't waste any time. And sure enough, okay, this is some public we can hunt. Neither one of us has hunted it. Um, so we get them bow fishing and the whole time we're, we're bow fishing the rest of the night. We're, we're coming up with a game plan like, okay, we need to come in here and try to kill this deer. Uh, so my buddy goes in maybe three days after that uh, and puts on an all-day hunt. Saw a ton of deer. Um, saw a couple good bucks, nothing he could get a shot at or nothing he wanted to shoot. So um, the plan was to head back the next weekend and do an all-day sit. So I did a bunch of online scouting, Google Earth, uh, Onyx, and I just kind of found, I found some stuff right around where we saw that buck that looked good. And uh, Saturday morning rolls around. We uh, we meet at the boat ramp, get in there well before daylight, get set up. And I mean, I've never been in there before. So, you know, I'm going up into the timber and I'm, I've you know, we use the boat to get in there. And I have no idea what it's going to look like when it gets daylight. So I'm just hoping I picked a decent spot where I can at least see and get my eye on something good and then make a move midday if need be. So, uh, so it's cracking light. And right off the bat, I look across to another ridge. There's a few does over there. They start working their way right to me. They end up right, they end up right underneath the stand. And I look back where they came from. And there's a, a nice nine point there, probably a 135 inch nine point. And I thought he was going to come and work the same trail and follow these does, but he ended up he ended up going downwind and kind of scent checking these does and stayed about 40 yards out um, and stayed in some thick stuff behind me. So uh, never got a shot at that deer, um, but he ended up working his way back to where I couldn't see him anymore, and I just kind of made a middle note okay, if it gets slow, I'm going to get down and, and go back there and do a little scouting real quick and maybe set up. So, um, 
you know, I had I had two deer tags in my pocket. These does are still right underneath me, and I'm all for killing deer. So I just uh, I end up shooting one of the does, um, and I'm hunting with a recurve. Is I don't know, like 11 yard shot. Watch her fall over. So I take all my stuff down, go take care of her, and I drag her down, put her in the shade over by the water, and uh, tag her and everything. And then I head back to where I saw that buck disappear. So I get back in there and I find, I start finding a couple um, real big rubs. Um, and then um, there's a point that drops down that, uh, that makes it real easy for the deer to cross. And there was a good trail going through there crossing at that point. Um, and then, uh, and then on the other side of where I ended up hunting was, uh, this, <clears throat> this drainage comes back and it kind of stops and there's maybe, maybe 20 yards of flat ground there. And then there's the property line. And, uh, I'm like, okay, well I'm right in between these. This will be good enough for right now. Maybe I'll see something I like. And next time I come in, I can kind of, play off of that so I, I end up eating my lunch and it was pretty boring the rest of the day um finally about a half hour before dark i end up uh, hearing something coming i get ready and it is a big 10 point really white rack um just a big big frame 10 point and he was probably like uh, an easy 150 maybe maybe a little bit bigger. Um, and he's coming right down the point. Well, where I set up that point was a little far. I mean, a compound setup would have been, oh, it would have been perfect. You could have covered that point And then this other flat, very easy, but I had my recurve, um, comes down the point and I'm like, okay, I feel comfortable with this shot. I end up getting in the stop. I shoot and, out of nowhere, I hit a tree. I, I don't even know how I hit it, but I hit a tree. Uh, Buck has no idea what's going on. He kind of kind of spooks, takes off, and stops. By this time, he's out of bow range for me. He settles back down, and he just kind of walks off. Um, so, of course, I'm very frustrated. I'm like, oh, man, I blew my chance at, at a big deer on public. You know, I thought my night was over. So I start packing stuff up. I only had maybe 15 minutes of light left, uh, of legal shooting light left probably. So I start packing stuff up and, uh, I could hear deer on the other side of this ridge from me down on this bottom. So I, I throw out a couple grunts, not really expecting anything, wait a few minutes, nothing. So I start packing stuff up, uh, some more. I put, I even put my pull up rope on the bow. And I'm ready to get out of the tree. Now I still have to, I still have light left, but I was so frustrated. I'm like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just ready to make my way back to the boat. I'm gonna leave. Well, I hear a deer coming. I throw out a couple other a couple more grunts, and all of a sudden I see a rat come over the top of this ridge. Grab my binos. He's probably maybe 50, 60 yards. I look and I see a big split G2, and I'm like, oh. Okay, this is the buck that we saw from the boat. How, you know, I'm how am I even seeing this deer a week, you know, a week and a half later? So uh, I get ready. I have to take my rope off my bow, get ready, and you know, I'm kind of in autopilot now. Um, 
it's the buck I wanted to try to shoot if I went in there and I just got lucky enough and finally finally saw him comes in I draw back I grunt to stop him he doesn't stop uh, normally I would freak out there and lose full <laughs> concentration uh, especially with my recurve um, but somehow I kept it all together I grunted again and he finally stopped and he was trying to figure out where the grunt came well as soon as he stopped I picked my spot and uh, let it fly, and I was, luckily I was using a lighted knock, and I, I watched that lighted knock fly, disappear, and then reappear again behind him. And I started freaking out, like, holy cow, I just, I, just, I just hit this deer. I just hit this deer. And I knew it was kind of a far shot, but I didn't know how far it actually was. And later on, the next day, I ended up ranging it, and it was ended up being 38 yards where my arrow was at. So I shoot this deer. He takes off. Well, I grab my binos to follow him. I get my binos on him, and all I can see is his rack. And I'm like, he only made it maybe 20, 30 yards from where I shot him. And I'm like, okay, go down. Go down. I'm going to watch him fall down. This is going to be awesome. And all of a sudden, he stands up. He was already bedded, I mean, not even 10 seconds after I shot him. And I'm like, okay, something's not right here. Like, I, I know I didn't heart shoot him because he wouldn't have stood up. I know I didn't hit lungs because he would have probably went a little bit further. And then once he goes down, he's probably not going to stand back up again. I probably didn't gut shoot him. So I figured, okay, well, I had to I had to hit him in the liver. So I watched this deer. And I am literally right on the edge of a mowed yard. And I can see houses. Uh, earlier in the day, I was, I was watching somebody drive around in a golf cart. Um, so... I'm like, oh, man, I hope he doesn't go out into these people's yard. So I'm watching him. He beds back down. I'm like, okay, good. Boom, he stands back up. Beds back down. And then all of a sudden I hear something coming. I, I look over and I see lights coming. And there's a driveway. And there's a truck coming down the driveway. Light shining right on us. Now, obviously they can't see us. We're in the woods, but... These people get out of the, they get to their house, get out. You know, they're only 250 yards away from us, maybe. Buck stands up. He's watching them. Um, they go in the house. Everything calms back down. Buck lays back down. And then I watch, I watch him through binos until I can't see him anymore. So I, as quietly as I could, I left everything in a tree. I'm like, I'll be back in the morning. Nobody's going to be in here in the middle of the night. I'm just going to leave everything here. I just took my boat with me and I left. Luckily, I had to go the other way to get out. So I didn't have to go, you know, like way out around them or anything. So I didn't use a light for the first little while until I dropped down in the spot. I turned on my red light, got out of there. Get back to the boat and uh, get the dough uh, loaded up. And my buddy's like, hey, did you see any? You see anything good? And I'm like, you're not going to believe this. I, I shot the buck we came in here for. And he was like, no, really. Did, did you see anything? And I'm like, no, I'm telling you. I shot the buck. I shot I shot the buck that we came in here for. I said, but what makes it even worse is I missed a big one before that. And he's like, oh, geez, you know, you had, you had a good day. I didn't see hardly anything. So we go home. Of course, I didn't really sleep much that night. I'm, talk, I'm calling all my buddies on my way home. Um Finally, next morning, we all meet up there at the boat ramp, load up. And it was me, my buddy, and my dad that went in there. 
that buck went maybe another 15 yards and bedded up again overnight and uh he was dead right there and uh got some pictures and celebrated and threw him on the boat and went to arby's to get lunch <laughs> so oh, yes <laughs> yeah but what what, what made Good. it really bad is it Cheddar was really <laughs> yeah it was really warm that day um so the lake was really busy for that time of year there's people out fishing and all this and i'm oh, like god. oh god like i do not want to pull out of this cove and somebody see a giant rack i'm like this is not gonna be good so of course we pull out of the cove and there's some guys fishing and i take my jacket i throw it over his rack and kind of like try to put his rack down in the boat and i throw my jacket over it of course these guys you know we're only 15 yards from these guys going by them they can see the body they can't see the rack but they can see the body and uh you know, we get up to a boat ramp. There's all kinds of guys up there. And I'm like, oh, God, this is not good. <laughs> and, uh, you know, oh, man, that's a nice buck. Where'd you shoot that? And, you know, ask them all these questions. So finally we got out of there. And uh, I just put it in the boat for picks, man. I didn't even shoot it here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we ended up, uh, we still hunt that spot today. Um, I haven't been in there in the last couple of years. My buddy that was hunting there with me that has the boat, um, he hunts there quite a bit. He lives a little bit closer maybe than I do. Um, and he killed a good buck out of there this year. His wife almost killed a really good buck. This, he killed his buck in the morning and saw two other shooters in there. Um, he had a big nine point. Like He went back to the boat after he killed his buck went back to the boat to get some stuff and go back to get his buck. And he's, he had an encounter with a big nine point at maybe 10 yards. Buck marches right to him. And of course, you know, he already got his buck tag filled and the, that, that nine point was bigger than the buck he killed. Oh, <laughs> so perfect. his, he's like, Hey, you know, he told his wife was like, Hey, this spot is hot right now. You need to come in here with me. Let's go. So they load up that evening, get back in there and, Another shooter comes in right underneath the stand. He's on the backside of the tree in a saddle filming. And he could have killed the buck, but she could. She was on the wrong side of the tree and couldn't couldn't make a shot. It was a little too thick in there. So uh, it's it's still a really good spot. We've seen some some big deer in there. Um, so Logan it, killed it, the only doe on this piece. Everything else yeah. out there is bugs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this spot gets a lot of pressure. Um, it's, but, I mean, it, it can be good. I mean, one day you might be in there, you might not see anybody. But then the next day there's there's somebody carrying a five-gallon bucket and a crossbow making all kinds of racket. Like You, nice. you just never know what's going to happen. <laughs> so, um, but, yeah, it's, it's a good spot. Uh my buddy ran a couple cameras in there last summer and got a couple good deer on camera, but uh, I think he said he ran. He found like two other cameras in there, and he's like, "Oh, great! You know, I'm going to have company in here this year." But uh, I don't. I think he only ran into maybe one or two guys back in there. So, so it's a, it's still a good spot. Um, like I said, I haven't hunted it a whole lot since I killed that buck, um, but. But he usually hunts it at least a couple times a year. And we seem to have pretty good luck in there. Yeah, sounds like a great spot, man. 
And just so the yeah. listeners know, if that wasn't epic enough, the next <laughs> buck is even uh-huh. more epic. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I didn't think he could really get any better than that. And I'm like, oh, man, you know, I took my biggest buck to date. Recurve, public, uh, you know, it was pretty much everything I wanted. And uh, we go into the, the next year. Um, and I'm like, man, it's just, I just, I'm probably not going to kill a deer that big, but I'm going to try. So my buddy, um, one of my other buddies was telling me about this piece of public and he's like, Hey man, it, you should go check this place out. I work down around there. And he's like, I, I usually see some good deer. Like you should go check it out. And, uh, it's not real close to my house. So it's a little bit of a drive. So I'm like, okay, well I'll go check it out. Well, this is, this is really late. In the summer, this was, um, when was this? I, I, I didn't go in there till the week before deer season started to, to kind of do just a quick walkthrough and try to just find one spot I wanted to key in on. So I'm like, well, there's probably been a bunch of squirrel hunters in there, uh, you know, people hiking around it, you know, it's, I'm not going to hurt anything probably. I'll just make a quick little one day trip out of it. So I get in there, I park at one parking spot, and I was like, I'll walk all the way through all this stuff. I don't care if it takes me all day. I just want to find one spot. If I find a good spot, I'll key in on that. And then, you know, I'll work my way further back in or whatever from there. So most of this stuff is really thick. And I'm like, man, there's no way I'm going to be able to hunt half this stuff. And I finally find a section of hardwoods. It's got a couple ridges. It's got uh, tons of acorns. And the main thing that I was seeing was no human sign, like no tax in trees, no reflective tax, no, you know, canisters of Tink 69. Uh, <laughs> you know, I wasn't finding pop cans or, or bottles, anything like that. And I'm finding a, a ton of uh, droppings. Um, a ton of acorns and there's a ton of rubs in this area and i'm like okay i found my spot i'm just going to come in here opening day i'm gonna see what happens and i put a tr- i put a trail camera out and i'm like well i'll put one out for a week and i'll pick it up first afternoon of season so i get in there um and one thing i did was i called to make sure i could do it but I parked in the ditch on the side of a road on this, on this property. And I was in between parking lots. There's a couple big parking lots at this place. And, uh, as a crow flies, you know, from these parking lots to where I was hunting was, Oh, I think I measured it just as a straight line was 1500 yards and 1800 yards from parking lots. And you have to go through a lot of really thick, nasty stuff to get to it. And I'm like, okay, there's probably not going to be too many people back in here. So I park in a ditch. I get all my clothes on, get ready. I get back in there. It's like 3.30, 4 o'clock, which, you know, it doesn't get dark till 8 o'clock probably, early season. And uh, I'm walking in, and I get in the timber. I'm walking down, and all of a sudden I see... Uh, two or three does standing there, feet on acorns. You know, 
three thirty, four o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm like, okay, well, this is good. Obviously, nobody's been in here. And it's opening day of deer season. So I figured somebody would back in there, blow a bunch of deer out. So those does finally see me. They spook. Um, I go over to where my trail camera's at. I, I grab it, climb up a tree, check in my card. And uh, I really didn't have anything good on there. A few does, a few little bucks, but nothing good. And I'm like, well, you know, I could have deer walking 20 yards away from this camera and never be on it. Like, I'm, I'm not too worried about it. So I ended up um, seeing eight or nine deer that night, a um, bunch of does, a couple little bucks. But I was about, I, I should, they were working the top of this ridge. And I'm like, okay, next time I come in here, I'm going to hunt the other side just below the top of this ridge, and I should be good. So I think the next week, um, I think I came home. I ended up shooting a doe back here behind the house. And then... Um, the next weekend, I go back in there. Um, I hung a stand where I was talking about earlier, and I shoot a doe right off the bat. So I'm like, okay, cool. Kill another doe. Um, I'm just going to leave this spot alone for a little while. So I go, uh, it, it wasn't till probably the first Saturday in November. And I'm like, this place is going to be packed but I'm going to go in there and see if I run into anybody back in this spot. Park in the same ditch. I don't see any tracks from anybody from parking there. And uh, my buddy works around there every day, and he's like, hey, man, I haven't seen anybody parking there where you park, so you should be good. Okay, cool. So I ended up um, going back in there for an evening hunt, get set up, and uh, right before dark, I had a, a buck and a doe on the other side of this giant ditch um, over on this other side here. Um, just And the doe's just feeding the buck, staying right with her. I couldn't tell exactly what he was. He's probably 150 yards through the woods. But I could tell if he got close enough, I was going to shoot him. I definitely could tell he was a shooter. I just couldn't tell what he was. And I probably only had a half hour of light left. So, you know, I'm throwing everything at him, everything. I'm grunting at him. He, you know, he throws head up and look, but he wouldn't leave the doe. I snort wheeze at him, and I've had really good luck snort wheezing big deer in. And that really caught his attention, and he left his doe, and he made it over to, to this ditch. Or just before he got to the ditch, he kind of s- stood there and was just scanning, 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 didn't see anything, and I... I just don't think he wanted to leave that doe. So he turns around and goes right back to her. So it gets dark. Well, I can still hear these deer milling around. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to climb out and bust them. I mean, that's the first good buck I've seen in here. So I sat in the tree stand an hour and a half after dark. And those deer, finally, I could hear them walk off. And I waited maybe another 20 minutes to where I couldn't hear them. And I finally climbed down, packed all my stuff up, and went to the truck. So... Um, I didn't go back in there till it was November 21st, I believe. Um, it was the day after youth shotgun season and it was a, that weekend was super crappy. I mean, raining, nasty weather. Um, and I looked at the forecast and I saw that Monday 
was going to be super high pressure. It's the first sunny day after this storm. And I listened to a podcast with Mark Dury on there. Uh, he was with, I think, Mark Kenyon on this one a uh, long time ago. Like, right, not too long after Mark Kenyon started his podcast. Two guys you cannot not listen to. Right. Like, right. And, um, I mean, oh, yeah. Just, so, just and know Ma- what's going on. Right. And Mark was saying, you know, the first south wind or whatever, the first, the first sunny day after a big front like that, you better be in the stand, especially in November. So I called my buddy, my boss at work, and I'm like, hey, man, I'm not going to be at work Monday. I'm taking vacation day. I'm hunting. Okay, that, that sounds good. Well, you know, I wasn't sure what kind of hunting pressure was in there during youth gun season. So um, set an alarm, go to bed. I wake up, it's already daylight out. And I'm like, oh, God, <laughs> I overslept. This isn't good. And I'm like, oh, whatever, I'm going to hunt all day. So I, I got everything packed up. I drive over there, and on my way there, I saw a giant out in a field, just dog and a doe. And I'm like, motivate you. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, God, I got to get there. Why Why did I not wake <laughs> up in time? <laughs> That's and me like, every I'm, day. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not much of a morning person anyway. Like, I have a hard time waking up in the mornings for some reason. So I'm like, it's like, it's like eight o'clock or something like that. And I finally, I finally get there. Well, I have to, I have to go past where I normally park to turn around and then park in the ditch. (laughs) So I drive past and there's a tree line and I get past this tree line and I look over and I'm like, Oh, there's two bucks with a bed standing there. 150 yards off the road in this grass field on public, just right out in the wide open turn around i drive past him again and i'm like man i'm gonna go try to kill that buck right there uh so i parked i park i get out i get dressed get all my stuff and i had a video camera with me and everything and i didn't take it with me i'm like ah i'm not gonna mess around with the video camera i'm just gonna go try to kill this deer so i sneak over i get to the tree line i kind of peek around and this tree line goes for probably a hundred yards and then it jolts out and then it goes right back in. Well, these deer are on the other side of where it jolts out. So I have plenty of cover. So I make my way down, and I get set up. I got I got a longbow with me, but I didn't really have a whole lot of cover. Well, then all of a sudden, here comes this doe back towards me. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm kind of stuck here now. So I just tuck up against this fence row, and I'm just sitting there. Doe comes into maybe 20 yards directly in front of me, broadside, and she knows something's not right. She's looking at me, and she you know, put her head down, bring it back up, what they always do. Well, the two bucks that were with her are kind of back on the other side of this little piece that, that jolts out. Well, the, the smaller buck finally decides, you know, this bigger buck's not going to let me do anything. So he, he starts walking across the field. He gets pretty far away. And this doe finally spooks a little bit, and she kind of kind of jolts off and then stops at about 40 yards. Well, that bigger buck saw that doe take off, and I think he thought maybe a little buck got in there and was dog like messing with her. Man, this buck come charging in. And he's, he's probably like 130, 
130, 135 inch deer, really wide, just kind of short time. Um, and I'm like, well, I'm going to shoot him. I'm not going to mess around. I'm going to shoot him. Um, he comes in, he stays about 30 yards from me. He stayed behind where that doe was at. And as soon as he stopped, he's looking at the doe, trying to figure out what's going on. Well, I start to draw back. And about the time I got to half draw, he finally looks over at me and like, oh, crap, what's that? I hit anchor. I shoot. And as soon as I shot, he whirled away from me. And I end up hitting him right in the shoulder blade. And, I mean, it sounded like I hit a concrete wall. It, I knew exactly what happened when I, when I hit him. So, Doe takes off. The buck stays right with her. My air is hanging out of him. I mean, I really didn't get much more than the broadhead in him, it, it looked like. And uh, I watched him for probably 300 yards go across the field. He stayed right with the doe. They stopped. They're looking back at me. He'd act like nothing even happened. And I'm like, oh, great. I'm never going to find this deer. This is not good. So I go back to the truck, uh, shed some clothes, and uh, I, grabbed, I grabbed a little snack. And uh, I just start walking across where I last saw him. And uh, I found, like, two little pin drops of blood. And I'm like, well, I need to look for them at least. I, I looked for three hours and couldn't find them. Mm. And I literally only found two little drops of blood. And I'm like, okay, well, <clears throat> I'm never going to find this deer. I know he's probably not going to die. I don't, I don't even think I got in there very far. Um, you know, a 30-yard shot with him kind of going away from me at the shot kind of took all that momentum out of my arrow, I think. And... Uh, so I'm like, well, I'm going to go back to the truck. I'm going to get all my stuff. I'm going to grab a bite to eat, and then I'm going to go back into where I originally wanted to go. So I do that. I get set up. Um, it's like middle of the day, probably like 1230. One well, it was maybe like 1 or 2 o'clock by the time that happened. So I get back in there, get set up, and uh, it was pretty slow. And the wind kind of picked up. Um, in the middle of the day. So every time the wind would die down, I'd grab my grunt call, throw out some grunts like I'm a little, a little buck just harassing the doe. And uh, I did that several times. And about 4 o'clock, wind dies down, I throw out some grunts. And before I could even put my, my grunt call away, I can hear something walking behind me. And this is the same. He, he was right over where that other buck and that doe was at. Um, maybe like a week and a half, two weeks before that. Um, and I, I had a video camera with me on my camera arm and everything. So I turned my camera on before I even saw what it was. And I turn around and all of a sudden, all I see is a, a giant frame. And I'm like, holy cow, that's a big deer. And I'm like, my first thought was, you have to record this. You have to get this buck on film because <laughs> if I don't kill him, nobody's going to believe me. So... The problem is, is he is directly behind my tree. So I turn all the way around on my stand. I'm facing my tree, looking at him. The, the mistake I made was I took my camera arm and I wrapped it around my body. So I'm right up against the tree with my camera arm wrapped around me. And I'm running it with my right hand. 
and I'm filming him. He's coming, and he's coming down, coming down, coming down, and he's just kind of right on a line, coming right for me. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm not going to make a peep. He's going to come right to me. So he's getting pretty close, and there's a big ditch in there, and that other buck would not cross that ditch. It's pretty deep. And I'm like, oh, man, he's, he's not going to cross that ditch. He's going to get to that and just walk back and forth with it. I don't see anything like the other buck and then turn back around. Well, he got close to that ditch and I just figured, okay, I, I'm either going to keep filming him or I've got to shoot him one or the other. I can't do both. So I just push the camera out of the way. I keep it recording. The buck gets to the ditch and he didn't even hesitate. He dropped down into that ditch and came right up on the other side of it. Now, when he came up on the other side of that ditch, he's only 17 yards behind me. And he comes up, he's facing me, and he's just standing there. And I'm like, oh, man, I wish I had my camera on him right now. All of a sudden, he throws his head back, and he lip curls three times in front of me at 17 yards. And I'm like, oh, God, I wish I had this on camera. This is so sweet. And I'm like, okay, if he turns right, I can, I can maybe get my camera on him and shoot him. If he turns left, I have to shoot him right away because I use milkweed to check my wind all the time. And I've been throwing milkweed all day. Well, I knew exactly what tree I could not let him get to. And it was probably only 10 yards maybe to the left. Of course, he turns to the left. And as soon as he turns to the left, I start to draw back. And about the time I hit anchor, right right when I got the anchor, he looked up at me. And as soon as he looked up at me, the arrow was already gone. And I watched a light and knock literally hit exactly where I was looking. And as soon as it hit, I knew it was over. I'm, I started freaking out. <laughs> he, he bolts off and he pretty much jumps into this ditch. And I hear a loud crash. And then it's nothing but silence. He never came out of the ditch. He went maybe 40 yards and was dead. I watched him pretty much fall over. And I start freaking out. I am I think I thank Jesus maybe 30 times. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, my God. Oh, that's, that is a big buck. And I'm freaking out. I, I grab my camera. It's still recording. I, I put it on me, and uh, I look like a complete, a complete goofball. Um, Been there. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, like, the tip of the day is both of these bucks, I had a mustache. Oh, yeah. I had <laughs> I had a Fu Manchu for the first one, and then I had it pretty much like a, a porn stash for the other one. Yes. So, I've cut a mustache November. Guaranteed. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> so, mustache all November right now, going on the book. Live on the it, podcast. It's, it's not a bad idea. It's It worked two years in a row for me, so... Uh, so I watched this buck crash and I'm, I'm freaking out. Um, so I grab my phone and I call my dad. Well, he's in, he's in West Virginia rifle hunting. There's like rifle season just came in that day where he's at. He has no service. So it goes straight to voicemail. And I'm like, Hey, Hey, as soon as you get this, you need to call me. I just killed the biggest buck of my life. This thing is huge, way bigger than last year's buck. Like, I don't know what he is. He's at least in the 70s, but he's huge. 
So, uh, so then I call my wife, I call my buddy that I hunt with all the time. And so it's still daylight. I got, I still got plenty of daylight left. Um, and I call my buddy and I already knew he was out hunting. He answers and he's like, what'd you kill? Cause he knew if I was calling, I had to have shot something. And I'm like, dude, this thing, this thing's big. And he was the one that helped me get my buck out the year prior. And uh, I'm like, dude, I'm telling you, he's he's quite a bit bigger than the buck I killed last year. And he's like, oh, no way. How, how big do you think he is? And I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, I just saw a lot of points, a big frame. Like, he's big. Uh, I don't know exactly what he is, but he's big. I think he's in the 70s all day. He's like, I'm heading to the truck. I'll be there in like an hour and a half. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll wait for you. So he... uh I, I get down, pack all my stuff up, and I'm like, I have to go look at this deer. I can't wait for him. I have to go. I have to go look. The deer's only 40 yards from me. So I, I walk down there and find him, and I'm, I'm still like, it's like I'm floating. I, I couldn't believe what was going on. It, by far the biggest deer I'd ever shot. So, uh, you know, I take a few pictures real quick. I send them to my buddy, and uh, I go back up to the truck, and I. I was kind of nervous leaving them, leaving that buck down in there uh, without me being there. But I'm like, well, I don't think anybody's going to be back in here on a Monday. Um, so I'm just going to leave them. I won't be gone for very long. So I went back to the truck. And uh, the funny thing is, is where I parked, it is only a 400-yard walk to get to where I killed this buck. Now, if you park in the parking spots, it would take you forever to get there but where i parked was only you know 400 yards so um i ended up you know i met my buddy we went in there took a bunch of pictures all that good stuff and then it was it was pretty much a party i mean i had to go to work the next day but i was up pretty late oh yeah and uh you know i'm calling all my buddies and you I've got buddies calling me that I haven't even texted yet. They're like, hey, man, so-and-so sent me pictures of that buck. That thing is huge. I need I need to see it tonight. Like one of my buddies was like, I have to see that buck tonight. I don't care how late it is. And I'm like, uh, okay, well, uh, I'm going over to my buddy's house to hang him up. Uh, so, you know, if you want to meet me over there at that gas station, you know, come on over. He's like, I'll be there in a half hour. <laughs> so it's like 1130, 12 o'clock at night. You know, we got to work the next day, but he's like, I- I've got to come see this deer. <laughs> so I meet him and uh, he's like, man, he's like, I've got a 180 on the wall and this deer's bigger than that. And I'm like, uh, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm not used to shooting deer this big, so <laughs> I don't know what he is. So, uh, yeah, it was just kind of like a big celebration after that. And uh, the uh, that buck ended up grossing uh 197 so and he had a big point off the base broke off um that would have probably put him over 200 pretty easy um i don't know what what happened how he broke that point because it's i mean it's probably the size of my thumb at least or bigger at the base um but he's got um it's 20 inches inside he's got 14 scoreable points um, one main beam was 27 and some change. 
the other one was quite a bit shorter. I think it was like 24 and some change. Um, but one G2 was over 13. Um, just really good brows. He had a, a split brow on the one side and then a big kicker off the other brow. And the one brow is probably three inches across almost, two or three inches across. Like it's real wide, real bladed. Uh, just a gnarly looking buck. Um, I don't know if I'll ever kill anything that big again, but uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to try. So, yeah, so I'm, I skipped a year. Uh, I almost killed another big deer the following year back here behind my house. Um, and then the following year, I killed a, I killed a good eight point with my recurve behind the house. Um, and then last year, I killed a buck on some public. Um it was a sweet hunt. Uh, I probably should have held off. It was only October 6th, but uh, I got a little antsy. I hunted Kentucky early season, had a horrible trip down there, and uh, I had two bucks come in on October 6th, you know, working licking branches, sparring, all the cool stuff, and I shot him at 10 yards broadside <laughs> in, a, <laughs> in a big cattail swamp. I was kind of Dan and fault, so. Nice. Can't beat that, then. I'm saying sometimes yeah. this does. You, the whole scenario just you, put you in that moment and like, Oh yeah, I gotta, I gotta kill. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, the, the hunt was pretty cool on that. The buck I killed last year, he was, uh, I drug a kayak in like 500 yards, according to on X, just to get to water. And, uh, I was in a big cattail swamp. So I just got into this water and, uh, paddled up like, uh, 800 yards up. And, uh, got in this little three trunk willow tree and a saddle. It was my first year saddle hunting. I was like, I'll, ju I'll jump on the bandwagon and try it. So, uh, yeah, end up shooting him. And then I hunted Kentucky quite a bit after that, um, the rest of this season. So, uh, that's my dog. Sounds my like wife a good let my dog. <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting out here. I'm oh. out, so. <laughs> you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. All right, perfect. We still got you. Man, yep. you know, there's something about when you just kill a giant buck like that. Homie made real good friends with a bush the night I killed the giant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did, man. It's just, I mean, this is just a time to celebrate, man, because that stuff, like I said, you want it to happen again in your lifetime, but the chances are, whew, it's tough. You know what I mean? So, oh, yeah. Yeah, it was, a, it was a weird night in the woods there. I mean, I... I mean, everything happens for a reason, I guess. That, that first, that buck I shot in the shoulder earlier that yeah, morning. props to you, dude, for having the gumption to go back out after you, you know, you just shot a buck in the shoulder and you know, like a lot of guys would be like, man, I'm going to call it a day. I'm going to go right. home. Regroup. Regroup. Shoot my bow. Yeah. You just went yeah, for it, I, man. I knew it was, I knew it was a good day and I'm like, I can't go home. Uh, I did a little bit of stump shooting. That's, I mean, that's the good thing about a longbow recurve. You know, I had a blunt point in my quiver, so I just did a little bit of stump shooting, and I'm like, okay, I feel good about it. Let's get back up in the tree. Let's let's try to make this happen. And uh, that's the plus of the, of the traditional side. I mean, there's plenty of negatives. You know, you're going to make a bad shot every now and again, but that can be that can happen with anything. Oh yeah, for sure. But you know, just especially props to your buddy for coming out to the gas station at you know eleven thirty midnight. Um, Cody and I got a pretty good buddy, and um, I was talking to him, 
And, you know, he don't have friends like that that just are, you know, super jacked up to, you know, oh, yeah. come see the deer that you just shot and, you know, you worked your ass off to get. And um, I told him, I said, man, if you, if you kill one of these two deer, I said, I'll, I'll drive the two hours to come up and, um, right. you know, we'll have some beers in the in the shed and I'll stay the night and, you know, we'll we'll make it a night and be sure that, you know, this deer gets the recognition that it deserves and, um, the celebration that, that you deserve. That's too. almost the best part, man. Like, yeah, oh is, yeah, man. definitely. The, the hunt is great. But when you get all your buddies around, like when I killed my giant, Nick was in Nebraska hunting with his dad and I called him I'm like, dude, I just killed, I killed him. And he knew exactly what deer I was talking about. You know what I mean? And I was like, and Nick's like, how big he is? I'm like, dude, he's 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 freaking big. You know what I mean? Like, is I don't is even that know. the buck? I, I, I was scrolling through some of your Instagram stuff. Is that the buck with like the on the that's mounted with like uh, the rub tree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was 193 yeah. and with three eighths gross. Dude, that thing's got some awesome uh, mass. To yeah, it. just insane. You know, what I mean, we've been hunting him for three years. Mm-hmm. Nick knew about him. Found his sheds. Gave me the sheds, just solid as hell. And he's in Nebraska, and I call him. I'm like, dude, this yeah. dude, this deer is big. We're 500 yards from Nick's house. Yeah, we're right <laughs> by his house. You know what I mean? Like, and he's in Nebraska, and I'm like, he's like, how big is he? I'm like, bro. And then he came by my house, and he's like, holy shit! I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, I told you. You know what I mean? So have you know sh- those buddies that are hardcore hunters? You know that understand oh, yeah. what we go through day to day, year to year. You know, homie, me and him, homie with me the whole day. We're hanging out. We drag him out. We take him to the locker. We're going out. We go into the bar afterwards. We're having a good time. I told, I go in the bar, and this guy's like, talking deer hunt. I'm like, yeah, I just shot a 193. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, really? I say, he's like, oh, I've killed a lot of deer in my life, you know, and and he, the deer is out in the truck, of yeah, course. Yeah, he's like, it's probably not 193. Like, and then he goes out there and looks at it. He's like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's probably 193. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's the memories, man, where you just. Oh, yeah, the, the buddies are great. Oh. And my buddy that, you know, he was hunting. My one buddy was hunting, and he's like, okay, I'm heading to the truck. It's still daylight, but I'll be there an hour and a half. Yeah, like, when I shot Freeze, homie, I called homie, and he knew if I was calling him. He heard the shot, of course, yeah. and then he was like. Yeah. Hey, uh, he was like, hey, you shoot him? And just like you, when you shoot that caliber of deer, most people were like, oh, yeah, you you know it's that big. I told him, yeah. I said, it's a 170. <laughs> it's a 170. Yeah. Like, you don't, in your mind, you can't fathom that you just killed, you know, a mid-190s deer. It just doesn't function there. Oh, yeah. That like, it's that I had, big, you know what I mean? I had no idea this deer was that big, and... um you got them skinned out and everything, and uh, we end up. I end up taking them to the taxidermist, um, and I'm like, you know, I'm gonna go ahead and keep. I went. We went ahead and capped them off, and I'm like, I'm gonna keep that rack with me so I can show a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Plus, I did the same thing. Yeah. Like, plus, I'm not gonna leave it at your shop. It's not that I don't trust you. I just. You call me when you need it, okay? Uh, I've got to show people. Yeah. Mine was hid in my basement. I just walk downstairs every now and look at it like, damn. That's, no, that's I took mine look. everywhere with me. I took it to work with me all the time. I mean, you know, I go to like Thanksgiving was like, you know, a few days later after I killed him. I take it to Thanksgiving to show family. Oh, yeah, you know, I, I had it everywhere. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that uh, I got that buck scored by um, Buckmaster's. And he is, so they have a bunch of different categories for Buckmasters. And 
Are you familiar with like how they score? How they score stuff? I am absolutely not familiar with that. <laughs> okay, so Buckmasters literally they give the deer everything they grow on their head. Like there's no deductions. So pretty much it's like a gross score. Okay. Um, but you have no deductions, and they, they measure stuff. Maybe like it can be like some real technical stuff could be just a little bit different the way they do it from like Pope and Young and stuff. But um, I kind of like their scoring system. Um, for the record books, they will be um, they keep the uh, they don't include the spread. So it's literally whatever the antlers score is what goes in the record book. Okay. So, um, so that buck went like 177 with no spread and I'm in a semi irregular category with a long bow. So technically for, for buck masters, he is a, the world record and semi irregular with a long bow. And he was at the time, uh, with any, with any long, like any category with a long bow, he was the top until like a month later, a dude entered a buck that he killed like several years prior, and uh, uh, it was it was like just a little over two hundred. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me! <laughs> just crushed my dreams, bro. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, I wasn't too. I didn't really care too much about the the book stuff, but um, there you are with a deer with a broken tine on yeah. the base. Yeah. <laughs> oh come on, man. <laughs> well, I mean, I, who wouldn't want to be in the two hundred club? You know, yeah, for know. sure. <laughs> but, but yeah, I'm. Uh, I don't know. I, I haven't, I usually don't run cameras on public or anything like that. Um, I mean, I have before, but not much. So, um, this year, so I work at an archery shop and my boss is getting a couple of those Rambo bikes. Uh-huh. And I'm like, Oh, you know what? I might have to borrow one of those and yeah. go into a place and put a camera up here once we get those. So man, if, Rainbow bikes would be sweet yeah. on our public pulling cameras yeah. and stuff. That'd, that'd be stat. Yeah, so I'm gonna give it a whirl. He's getting he's getting two of them. He's like, oh yeah, man. You know, if I'm not using it and you need it, just grab it and use it whenever you want. I'm like, sweet. perfect. I'm gonna give it a shot. I'm gonna take it down to Kentucky with me. So I'm gonna say, hell yeah. I don't think it's gonna hurt anything. No. Oh no. So I've got a couple um, a couple deer on some private stuff that I'm that I've got my eyes on one is, uh, the one I should have tried to kill last year, but I, you know, got a little antsy and shot a buck super early in the season. So I couldn't really, uh, I just ran a bunch of cameras last fall. And, uh, of course this bucks on camera, like during daylight in November all the time. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Uh, and I, I don't know, what he would score. I mean, in some pictures he looks like he's in the one seventies and other pictures, he looks like he's low one fifties. Like, I, I don't know, but he was a, a seven by five. Um, really wide. Like he has to be 22 probably inside. I'm guessing. So I'm, I was trying to find a sheds this year. I got pictures of them with, uh, one antler and I, I never found it. I never found sheds, which is just my luck. I have horrible luck finding sheds anyway, but I'm going to, I've been running some mineral sites and stuff. And, uh, this deer has a lot of white on the inside of his legs all the way down. And no other buck has white on their legs like that. So, uh, 
I can tell who it is even without antlers. And uh, I got pictures of him about a month ago. So I know he's, I know he's still around. What, uh, what state that deer in? Ohio. Ohio. What's so, uh, latitude longitude <laughs> no, I, I was just gonna yeah. say about the the second to last week in september just get that mustache going pretty much guarantee at yeah, that point at that point get that mustache. Um, going. hey man i'm gonna try so and then uh there's another farm that i hunt not too far from my house uh guy gave me permission i was the only one that hunted there it's about 64 acres i think all of a sudden his daughter decides she wants to bow hunt and she lives with them. She's, I don't know, like she's around my age probably, but she wants to, she wants to bow hunt. So, um, the cool thing is, is he made her come and talk to me before she just went out and started doing stuff and, you know, maybe screwing stuff up that I've already done. So, I mean, that was cool of him, but you know, I'm like, I'm not going to tell her like, Hey, stay away from this and this and this. Cause you know, that's not my property. Yeah. So I just said, Oh yeah, go do whatever you want. You know, I'll, I'll hunt around you. And yeah, she's out there almost every day. And uh, she sent me pictures of a, of a giant, though, that she got on camera. And uh, she was in at the shop just the other day, and she was showing me some other pictures of this buck. Cause she only sent me one, and it wasn't like a great picture. I'm like, hey, you got any other pictures of that buck? Oh, yeah, I got a bunch of pictures. Yeah, he made it through shotgun season. I, I saw him after shotgun season, so he's still alive. And I'm like, okay, cool. She showed me these these pictures. Um, it's kind of a close up of his rack, and he's got two, like three or four inch drop times on the one side, on the off the front of the main beam. He's got a, like a another little two or three inch drop on the other side. He's got two kickers off of a G three on the one side, and what I couldn't see in the picture she originally sent me was he has got a giant um, split G two that's like, I mean the split goes down probably like eight inches down. Like it's, it's deep. And I'm like, Oh man, this deer's bigger than what I thought. Like he very well could have been in the sixties or seventies last year. Pretty easy. So I could, (laughs) yeah, I could have, I could potentially be hunting some farms with a couple bucks in the, you know, seventies or eighties pretty easy. Nice man. This year, that always keeps you motivated when you got a seventy yeah. you're potentially chasing. So, I'm I'm probably gonna whip out the compound a little bit this year. Oh, probably a lot more than I did uh, in the past. So, uh, last year was kind of a kick in the shorts for me with my traditional stuff. Um, I missed I missed a handful of deer, and I normally don't do that, and I. The confidence just isn't there right now, so nothing feels right. So I'm probably going to kind of break down. And I mean, I've already working in a shop. It's nice. I can work on all my my own stuff when we're slow. So I've already got my bow shooting broad, you know, fixed blades out to 70 yards. So I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> that, that would be an interesting conversation to, to have. You know, hopefully we can like maybe reconvene uh, next year at this time and uh, hopefully talk about a uh, 170 with like a three inch drop time on a couple sides that, yeah. that you got yeah, going on, that, but, nice. uh, you know, but you know, with the compound this time and see like what, what the difference is in feeling, you know, between a recurve and a compound. Yeah. That'd be, yeah. that'd be interesting. 
the interesting thing is, is I've never killed a buck with a compound. Um, I've killed, um, well, I take that back. I've, my father-in-law was shelling corn and found two bucks locked up one day. And it was, it was like almost December. I still had a buck tag and he's like, Hey, uh, he has nothing. He knows nothing about deer hunting. Really? He's like, Hey, uh, there's these bucks out here in the corn just, and the one bucks there, I think they're stuck together. And, uh, the one bucks just dragging the other one around. I think it, I think that one's dead. You want to come out and shoot this other one? And I'm like, sure. I'll be there. So I end up shooting that bug with a compound, but I mean, I don't really count that. That's wild. So <laughs> this year could be the year I kill him with a compound. Heck yeah, man. Whatever it takes, man. I'm growing a mustache in November. Whatever it takes. <laughs> <laughs> I got to shave yeah. my beard in October. Mustache all November. It's going down there you the go. books right now. It's going to be thick. <laughs> Rut Yeah, stash. see, my, my problem is, is I have like no chin, so I, I have like a double chin with just kind of sucks for the mustache game but uh was, you know if i, I was just if I can thinking about buck, I don't homie care. with a mustache dude <laughs> i was just laughing about three minutes away from the mic if homie grows a rut stash it'd be about three hairs and it'd be just the most beautiful thing you've ever seen <laughs> uh, we're both growing rut stashes on the books right now rut stashes there you go. lock it we locked it in he I'll came just, back up now i was just thinking where our youtube's gonna go with you with a rut stash <laughs> <laughs> did i click I'm, 70s porn or deer hunting i'm not really right. sure what's going on yeah. right now <laughs> i'm gonna be a little superstitious probably um so my my wife and i had our son and literally the next the two years after we you know my son was born in september and you know that that november i killed the 157 and then the next year i killed a 197 and I'm like, okay, I had a well, baby when I killed a 193 in a car seat, man. So might yeah. be something to it. Well, we just had we just had a baby. She's oh, two man. months old. This is, and like, this is your year. I told I told my wife. I said, if I kill another giant, you're, we're going to have another kid. Yeah. <laughs> I would say 207 is on the books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I kill a 200, I'll have another kid. Guaranteed that. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> It's worth it. Roll the dice, man. I ain't killing I shit, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, well, this has been a great episode, man. We appreciate you coming on and telling the story of a couple absolute legendary hunts on public land. Um, man, yeah, we, no I problem. wish you were closer, man. We'd just hang out on the weekends. For sure. <laughs> Hell yeah, it'd be fun. Yeah, it would be fun, but uh, we appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah, that's no problem. So I was uh, I was excited when you guys uh, messaged me because I'm like, oh man, I just started listening to their podcast like a couple months ago maybe. So uh, I knew I knew who you guys were. So I haven't listened to a ton of them. I mean, I only live 15 minutes from work, so like I could jump in the truck, I start playing a podcast, I get to work, I shut it off. So I'm listening yeah, to yeah. like little bits here and there. You know, if I got to fletch a bunch of arrows at work. I put headphones on. I listen to podcasts, but well, we appreciate yeah. the listens, man. We don't know much, yeah, but no we, we kill a few deer every now and then. But we have guys on like you that are badasses, so people will listen. <laughs> yeah. They don't want to listen to us talk. Yeah, I just hey, I, I might not know enough, but uh, you know, if I can get lucky every now and again, it'll work. Something's oh, yeah. working for me, so. 
Woo! Air conditioner is on turbo. <laughs> <laughs> did you hear it the whole time? Yeah, I heard it the whole All time. All right, I did too. Um, I I don't know how we can get a better episode right here. I don't. I don't I really know, know a guy with a pretty a couple couple epic stories. Um, you know, public land. Yeah. Recurve. Recurve. Off the ground. Yeah, and just making it happen. You know, wounding that buck and not being like oh, I'm done for the day. And going in there, and then end up killing a 197. Like, I mean, that's just insane. And you can just tell by talking to this guy, it's it's a solid dude. Like, oh, yeah. a good dude to hang out with. And uh, we 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 locked it up right here. Um, <laughs> November rut stashes. That's what it's gonna take for us to kill another giant. Um, if we kill another giant um, in November, um, free hat and shirt to, to to Logan here, guaranteed. Someone hold me to it. I'll second that. Yeah. Um, we're going to have rut stashes, and it's going to happen. <laughs> we, we need to get out there on that lake in the kayak yeah. in November. You think it takes scout, kayak Because that's what it rut takes. Stash? Is there, it's like yeah, one, ca- both. What what else will blow? I don't nothing, know. nothing will blow. <laughs> <laughs> kayak, rut stash. Yeah, that's for sure. All right. Uh, I know you guys enjoyed this episode. We did a lot. Thank you for listening, as always. Um, Try to always do the right thing. Try to leave a legacy, and White Till Legacy is out.